Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt Lift Eat podcast brought to you by Hunt Lift Eat Official. I'm Carter and I'm Lukeless this week and I'm here with two of my favorite Mountain West fellas. We got a uh, good old Chet. Chet, how do you say your last name? Chicoretti? Churchetti. <laughs> Close enough. And Gabe Martinez. What's going on, Gabe? What's going on, boys? How are you guys? Not bad, man. Fantastic. Fantastic. You should be fantastic. You guys have been killing everything in the West. <laughs> Can't pull oh. the freezer from home, man. That's right. That is right. You guys have been putting in some long days, man. Yeah, We're still going at it over for sure. here. Yeah. Well, all your tags are punched, right? Yeah, all my tags are punched. I've just been helping people fill their tags. So he's lying. He's lying. He got a mountain lion tag, man. <laughs> I did. I did get a lion tag. Your dad was showing me pictures, man. They're over there. Yeah, my buddy killed a bull the other day, and uh, we quartered him out. And yesterday we showed up, was glassing, and I seen a bunch of birds on the carcass, and uh, I seen that uh, cat's tail swooping back and forth, and I seen its body. So I ran into town and bought a tag, and I haven't seen him. So <laughs> that's how that goes. He'll pop back funny. up though. <clears throat> That'd be well, cool. For context, Chet, why don't you uh I know you've been on here before, but why don't you kinda introduce yourself a little bit, man, and tell us where yeah. you're at, what hunting you've been doing. Uh so yeah, I'm Chet. Right now I'm actually the Mountain Mountain West team lead for Hunt Lift Eat. And I'm originally from Western PA outside uh, a little bit north of pittsburgh called beaver falls grew up there grew up hunting there for uh shoot man i think i was there until i was 23 and then i in that time after high school um got into the military uh, i was in the infantry for six years deployed and from there kind of got into the medical background um even though i wasn't in the medical field in the military it's kind of weird how, how that fell into my lap, but uh, once I got home from my deployment, I went to the Center for Emergency Medicine up in Pittsburgh, uh, worked in the ambulance for a little bit, and went to nursing school. Uh, got out of school and then basically been working in level one trauma centers in the ICU and ER for the last like five or six years, which brought me to um, Colorado. So I've been out in Colorado for three years now, almost pretty much full-time probably claim residency actually this year, but I uh, started travel nursing during COVID, uh, you know, mostly to just kind of follow the money and ended up getting smart with it. And I was like, man, why don't I just start travel? Cause I originally was traveling on the East coast, like Baltimore, DC area. I was like, man, there's, there's not much hunting here. I was like, why don't I just go, you know, I love the West. I was like, why don't I just start travel nursing and working where I like to hunt? You know, I worked three or four days a week and then, you know, I have three or four days off. So uh, it worked out well. Came, I started out here at the beginning of 2021 and haven't left since. Made a, met a lot of good people, ended up, you know, transitioning from the PA uh, division side and hunt with Deet out to the Mountain West and took kind of a leadership role. And then, uh, you know, from there, I've been running out here in the Loveland area, about to join the search and rescue team out here. Uh, for Larimer County, I uh, work in the ICU out here, and uh, I on the side I volunteer and do a lot of veteran nonprofit work for uh, a nonprofit called Creek and Timber Legacy. So, I guess it's kind of the background. I've been hunting for man, I'd like to say my whole life, but I think my dad started getting me into the woods when I was probably like four or five years old, and then I think I started shooting at my own deer when I was. I think I started out like small game hunting, you know, like most people when I was like eight or nine. And then I think I killed my first deer when I was like 11 or 12 and I've been hunting ever since. Started elk hunting in 2015, I think, in Colorado. And then I just, you know, kind of grew from there. I started out rifle hunting and then for elk at least. And then, you know, archery's always been my favorite. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where me and Gabe got our ties together and, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Happy That's awesome. Man. 
Do you think uh, your your career path and your passion for hunting, I find very interesting. Do you find that just from a schedule point of view, do you find your, your schedule conducive to your obsession with hunting? It's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) I've, uh, it's nice because like as a travel nurse, you know, I'm on one unit, so it's not like I'm getting floated to different hospitals and like, it's, it's, it's not really tiring me out at all. Like a lot of, a lot of my friends get burnt out and stuff and I haven't experienced that. And I don't think I will, you know, I'm a night shifter. Uh, so it works out, you know, I, I leave at 7 PM and I get back at 7 AM and there's times where I leave work and I have my hunting stuff in my vehicle or my fishing stuff. And I'm just going straight to the woods or the stream, but I can really set my schedule up around hunting season. You know, I'll do like six shifts on so i could do like a thursday friday saturday sunday monday tuesday and then have like nine days off in a row come on yeah (laughs) it works out that's way sweet that's why chet was able to come and hunt with us for so much that's really cool did you guys meet through the team yeah we did no way Yeah, yeah now we're freaking always planning shit together that's cool and you can shoot straight up the highway up to Gabe, right? Yeah, it takes takes me about 45 minutes to get to Gabe's house and about an hour to where we've been hunting together. Uh, but we originally, we originally first started hanging out. Uh, you know, we, we've been talking the last couple of years, and then we did that road trip together down to Durango to the Mountain Archery Fest, and then mm-hmm. been hanging out since then. Yeah, That's awesome. I'm a good old chip. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You've been on a bunch of podcasts, Gabe, but why don't you tell us where you're at for uh, context? Yeah. Uh, I'm over here in Wyoming. Uh, I've been here my whole life, basically. Uh, I started hunting, like Chet said, when I was a little, little kid. My dad used to take me out and about when I was younger, and uh, I just grew for the love of it. Uh, i always been a rifle hunter until about 2016 when I started archery hunting. That's when I really started getting into it so ever since then man uh been archery hunting ever since killed like i'd say 11 elk probably 10 deer shitload antelope i'm just i'm seasoned i mean (laughs) been going at it for a while now so i just can't get enough like i said yeah you're our resident killer man (laughs) yeah uh my job has, plays a big part of that. I work for the state of Wyoming, so I work four tens. I get every Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. I uh, have vacation and sick leave, and you know I save that all year round. So I can leave. <laughs> 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 everybody gives me shit at work. So, oh man, you're always gone. I'm like, yeah, that's what I save my time for. Is go fill the freezer. Yeah, yeah. Cash it. Of which you have a million freezers, man. I had no idea. I mean, it makes dude, sense. But... He has to, dude. They shoot so many animals. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, you know, it's a one, two, three, five, five freezers, including we have a little refrigerator in the in the garage full of my deer. <laughs> the deer fridge. I guess the deer fridge. Actually, we got three deer and three elk this year. Just me, my dad, and my nephew. That's not including Chet and my other buddies. So, stack your antelope. Man, yeah, landlord too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but <clears throat> it was awesome to, going to see you and your family at your uh, at your house there. But you know what? What we want to talk to you guys about this episode is y'all's recent elk hunting adventures together. Right. I want the long form of the story. We've only heard bits through terrible FaceTime video quality with little service coming in and out and. Luke, when you guys put like a lot of stuff on the ground, actually we were in Salt Lake City when you killed that uh, that elk. Yeah, and you guys climbed us. That was awesome. We were so stoked. We were jumping up and down on the streets of Salt Lake at like eight a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah, dude. I think we should probably start with with archery season, dude. Archery season is awesome. insane. I think I'll just start it off with yeah, lay it out you know, for us. I, uh, We'll just go from the start of September to October. So I think if I calculated right in the month of September, I hunted, I think, 22 days of the whole month. 
So first off, the, the first week of September, I actually hunted uh, Colorado. So I had two weeks total in Colorado and then two weeks in Wyoming. I split that up. So I have some buddies that I work with. Um, we did an early season elk hunt in Colorado. Super successful. We didn't tag out, but we were in elk every day, drew back on elk. We were in the bulls early on. Uh, so I was, I was actually pretty excited because it was kind of a newer start for me for Colorado. I, you know, I usually hunt the middle to late end of the September, you know, when they're rutting and in bugling. So I feel like early season deters a lot of bow hunters and that kind of turned me on. I was like, you know, more people are not hunting and there's more opportunity for me and my buddies. So, you know, we went out and got after it and, uh, you know, while I'm out there like day three, elk, Gabe's calling me every day. I have like one bar of service and he's like, dude, look at this bull. Look at that bull. And I was like, man, I need to get this hunt over with so I can get up to Wyoming. <laughs> Cause uh, you know, for reference, you guys know, but most don't, I uh, drew a Wyoming general uh, art, you know, elk tag with uh, like two or three points and it, you know, it's supposed to take like six. So I, I hit it in the random draw, which was super cool. I wasn't expecting it. And I was, I was at work actually in July, June or July whenever the tags get released and I was getting these phone calls from Wyoming left and right. And I was like, what in the world is going on? Answer my phone. And it was outfitters. They're like, Hey, you know, the one guy I answered finally. And he was like, Hey man, congratulations. You know, do you want to come up to Cody, Wyoming and hunt? And I was like, what do you mean? Congratulations on what? And he's like, you, you just drew an elk tag. He's like, am I breaking the news to you? And I was like, I, I guess. So, you know, I'm like, no, I'm not, paying you know, 13 grand for your elk and I hang up and I go on Wyoming game and fish and sure enough dude I'm like my credit card gets hit with 700 bucks and I was I text That's Gabe and I was like I text Gabe and I'm like dude I'm on my way and <laughs> and uh yeah from there you know my first my first day in Wyoming with Gabe it was a slow afternoon this is archery and uh the evening you know we were expecting to see some elk. I think he saw some the past like three days and I show up and there's no elk and I'm like, go figure. And he's like, no dude, just give it time. Wait, wait until the evening. And, uh, we walk up on these cliffs and, you know, for reference, the property, it's kind of like a big valley in the middle and then a, a cliff on one side and a big hill on the other. So you kind of like the elk kind of like funnel down in between the two. And, uh, we get up on this cliff, man. And we both start cow calling and it was like, an elk zoo dude bulls were coming out of every piece of timber you could see they're sparring <laughs> with each other bulls were bugling everywhere and we we're up on this cliff and we had, we had these bulls coming up below us and uh for some odd reason they were just moving real slow and like didn't want to commit fully and they had a real hard time finding a path up to us and it was starting to get really dark and we heard this bull scream behind us. And it was like, we didn't even say anything to each other. We both just turned and immediately started setting up on this bull that we couldn't see. All we could do is hear, but we knew it had to be a big bull just from his bugle. He had a really mature scream. Mm -hmm. And uh, sure enough, dude, I missed like a 370 plus inch bull back there. He was ginormous. Dude, he came Absolutely from ginormous. far too. <clears throat> yeah. He called a Gabe was positioned, you know, his textbook, like Gabe, uh, we couldn't really see enough to like hand signal each other. So I actually called him on my phone and I'm like, all right, you know, tell me when to move. And I'm like, have my phone in one hand, my bow in the other. And I'm like running through the sagebrush and uh, this bull's coming. And uh, finally I got to a spot where I just like could not move anymore without getting pinned down. I, I felt like I was pinned where I was at looking back. I probably should have just pushed it and moved some more and just sent it, you know, but the bull, we, uh, Gabe got him to come to about, he was on a string running right at me. I thought it was going to be an easy shot. And, uh, Gabe was calling him Spike. Him. Yeah. Gabe yeah. was positioned about 50 yards behind me. So the bull didn't know where I was, but he was going for Gabe in textbook fashion. And, uh, you know, another bull showed up with that bull and kind of like made him uh, less interested in us, which oh, was angering because I was like, dude, this bull's huge. And, uh, finally he comes to about, um, I ranged him in the mid eighties and, uh, I drew back and I was kind of shaky. So I let down, I was like, you know, I'm not going to win this, this bull for an 80 yard shot, but me, Gabe, and a couple of my buddies here in Colorado, I've been practicing that far all year long. You know, I was warming up cold, cold bore at like a hundred yards with my bow, uh, and shooting, you know, paper plate size groups at 80 plus. So I felt confident out there. It wasn't that I wasn't confident. It was just more of that buck fever, like 
I'm about to kill a bull of a lifetime with my bow yeah. and on the first night out here. And uh, I drew back a second time. And from where I ranged him the first time, I didn't see him take a kind of a like, quartering away steps. He was still broadside, but he was further than I thought. And I, you know, I drew back. I had one of those, I think it's the MagView uh, phone. It's like a stabilizer mount. So uh, I had my phone mounted and I have the video. I, I drew back. And I have a Luminoc on my arrows, especially for out in that sagebrush. It's, it's hard to, like, find your arrow. And, uh, you know, I drew back, and I, I sent my arrow at what I thought was 88, and I think we ranged him again, and he was at, like, 93 or 94. And I shot right under him and hit some sagebrush and deflected, and that was the last I saw of him. <laughs> I watched that arrow flight, man. I could just see his green Luminoc just going straight for him, and I was like, oh, right under I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i was glad i didn't hit him like unless it was gonna Maybe be a perfect shot yeah. yeah yeah for sure if you would have hit him you would have hit him right in his vitals yeah it was a good shot it was just it dove right under him or hit a little branch or something we couldn't figure it out but mm-hmm. and then from there man i don't know gabe you can hop in we're on bulls every day i mean every I've seen day more bulls in like two or three days in, in wyoming than i've probably seen in like two or three years in Colorado. Dude, it's hard to range things out there because you can pick up, especially in Wyoming, the sage and you know brush that's in the way. And that's what you're actually ranging instead of what's behind them. We ran into that problem with antelope. Maybe less of a problem yeah. with elk, bigger target to actually yeah. range. But that, yeah, that's that, a big difference, I think, between yeah. mountain hunting and uh you know, the lower like sagebrush hunting is like, you have to be confident 60 plus you know, with your bow or you're not going to be successful. I mean, I, and I say that with like a grain of salt because you can definitely call them into 15, 20 yards out there, but it's, it's still I think hard. If, because wide it's open. hard. I think those, I think those big mature bulls, man, they're, they're smart and uh, it's wide open. Like he's saying, you know, if they don't, if they're coming in and they're sub a hundred yards, you know, they're looking for you at that point uh, if you're calling. So, I mean, we practice. I think Gabe, you know, Gabe will get into the bull he killed, but I mean, he shot his at a, a pretty good distance. So, yeah, yeah, like you said, though, it's it's tough out there because it's so wide open. Right? We've been using decoys the last couple of years to get them out to come in. Really? Yeah, yeah. It works. When you're on the cliff where we're at, there's nothing behind you. So when they're looking up at you, they don't see anything. They're not going to come in. But we started putting them decoys on the cliffs, and it gets them all hot and bothered. So they'll come running up. And they'll get like it. Cal- Cal- yeah, Cal- 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 yeah. yeah. We have mm-hmm. two of them, Montana decoys. They work nope. pretty good, man. <laughs> Whose elk was it that we killed? I think it was my buddy, Ed- Edward. Yeah, he ended up killing a bull in the morning. I killed mine. I, I pulled out that decoy, and that bull was just locked on it. He came running in a straight line right up to him, and he ended up smoking him. It was pretty cool. <laughs> That's and then cool. you shot yours right after. Yeah, right after that. Basically doubled up. This is what happened. So his bull, <clears throat> I watched it that night, the night before, actually, sorry. I had him coming in. I was working, and he came across – and from some from some private <clears throat> he came down and it started getting dark and i lost him because it just once it gets dark you can't see him. well he said he was still down there and i'd cal call and he'd bugle back still and i was like all right well i'm gonna make a play on this bull go back in the morning and we'll see what happens so i told my buddy i said there's a bull down there we're gonna go kill him i said all right so that's basically what we did we showed up and i thought to myself I was like you know what i'm gonna let edward kill this elk so I'm gonna sit back and call. I'm gonna let let everything just go into his hands. So I started calling just like I did for Chet's bull, and uh, just like I said, I put that decoy up. He came running up. He came within ten yards of him, and uh, he seen him and he whirled, turned around. I think he said he stopped him at like forty five. He smoked him, and then he said he was standing there still woozy. So we put another one in him at fifty, and uh. I walked up to him and we slapped hands, gave each other a hug. I was like, no way, that just happened. And uh, there were more elk down in the valley, so I kept cow calling, trying to get another one to come in for me because there was a couple more decent ones down in there. But nothing came in, but maybe 10 minutes later, 
my bull pipes off right behind us. Me and him looked at each other. My eyes were wide because we didn't know what to do. We were kind of in a shitty spot. So I just got down on my knees and kept Calcon, Calcon. Well, finally, that sucker came, popped up over the hill behind us, and I could just see his rat walking through the brush. And that's when my adrenaline started kicking in. And I was looking at Edward, and I was like, all right, dude. I was like, just keep Calcon. And he kept Calcon, like, real slow, real mellow-like. He comes in within, I think it was 60, 50, 60 yards. I can't remember. But he came in, and uh, our wind was just shitty because we had set up for his elk in our face and uh the wind then was blowing straight towards him so once he came in he ran took off and uh i ranged him while he was kind of trotting away and i think it was 67 well i hurried up and arranged my sight for 71 and uh i just remember drawing my bow back and i said man and he kind of did a little trot and then stopped completely broadside and i was like this elk is dead i just settled my pin right on his right on his right behind his shoulder and just sent it and me and him just looked at each other after i shot because it smacked <laughs> and uh that bull probably ran 25 30 yards kind of got the wobbles and then just face dived right into the dirt and that's when i called you right after i was like no way this happened <laughs> yeah dude it was like 7 30 in the morning you know, I, like i said i worked 7p to 7a and i was just getting done with actually it was right before that because the next shift hasn't hadn't showed up yet, and uh, so you know I'm waiting for the next nurse to get on to give report to so I can go home. And uh, you know I already planned. I told Gabe, hey, I'm gonna sleep for like two hours, get a nap because I had a long <laughs> shift, and I was like, I'm gonna drive out and we're hunting all day. Well, I, I get a call at like seven, and I was like, dude, there's no reason he's calling me at seven unless he killed something. And he's like, you're not gonna believe this. He's like, dude, leave work right now. We just doubled up. And I was like, ah. I was like, all right, there goes that nap. I'll be there in an hour. So. I, Ran, I ran home, took my scrubs off, threw my gear on, and flew right up to him. And uh, shoot, I I went up there like Mach five, dude. I don't think they even started gutting it, but they were just starting to gut the first bull when I got up there. And uh, we did some pretty crazy stuff. His the first bull died in like a, a pretty like nasty hole nasty on this cliff, and uh, I haven't used my winch or my new Jeep yet too much. So I was like, hey, dude, I'm gonna drive my Jeep through the sagebrush you know, brush and I position it on a tree and then send my winch down this hill. And, uh, I hooked two toe straps up to my winch to get it to reach the elk. And I pulled that freaking elk all the way up to the mountain. <laughs> with my awesome. <laughs> if it wasn't for Chet, man, we'd still be dragging them elk out to this day. <laughs> it was bad. What? It was bad, dude. Yeah. yeah. No point. Yeah. It was like sagebrush taller than you. They were like, pushed up against each other so there's no really good paths and dude my winch pulled that elk straight over every sagebrush in that in that hole <laughs> that's so awesome <laughs> it was cool yeah but after that we we're still getting into elk every day i mean yeah because i killed mine well we killed those two and then chet still kept coming out and we just kept getting different herd bulls coming in left and right every evening but they just some of them wouldn't commit or some of them would come in close and we couldn't see them under the cliffs and they'd wind us and yeah they were fun ride man we were in elk since september one yeah we were uh i think mid uh actually it would have been the third right after the third week so like probably the 25th 24th 25th era um we were uh out there and it was another one of those evenings where just bulls just started piling down into this valley and uh Gabe, after like an hour of watching these bulls, we had this one bull, he, he came out of a wallow and I shit you not, man, this bull was black, dude. He come out of that mud. It was just, you couldn't even see fur. He was destroyed and he was rutting hard. And I was like, dude, Gabe's like, why don't you sneak down? And I forgot my boots this day. Okay. So one, I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm not scared of snakes, but dude, there's rattlers out there, dude. And I had Nike, I had my Nike running shoes on. And it worked out perfectly because Gabe's like, dude, you need to like hurry up down the trail, drop down the cliff and get in this valley. He's like, I'm going to keep calling because we had multiple bulls working. And uh, it, I mean, it should have worked out. I dropped down in this valley and I ran like I was running like seven minute mile speed through this brush in my in my running shoes with my bow, fly down this cliff, like 
I fell probably three or four times. I get down to the bottom and the bottom of my, my Nike shoes are like flat and they don't, they're not quiet on the sage. So once I got down within like 300 yards, dude, I, I took, and there's cactus everywhere. I take my shoes off and I sent it through this, through the brush in my freaking socks. And, uh, I snuck in this little piece of, uh, woods, uh, right out past the cabin on the property. And, um, I was surrounded by bulls until dark. I don't think I walked out of there until it was pitch black, dude. I, there was, if I remember correctly, seven different bulls down there. I had one at like broadside at 60 and then I'm looking up to the left and Gabe, we we're calling this one bull, man. It sounded like a really young bull. His, his like bugle was literally a dinosaur. And not in like a badass way, but like it was like a moan. He sounded, sounded god, god awful, dude. It sounded horrible. <laughs> and then we glassed him on the hillside because I caught a glimpse of him at one point, and Gabe didn't see him. And I was like, dude, he has a ginormous frame. But I was like, I, I can't find him. Like thirty minutes goes by, and he steps back out, and it was a giant seven by six dude. Like he was huge. He was huge. Oh my And uh, Gabe calls him all the way in. I see Gabe up on the. I stopped cow calling because I had bulls around me, but I look up and I seen that giant come and I wanted him to shoot that one. I was like, dude, I could care less about killing one of these. I need to see this happen. And, uh, the seven by six is Gabe. It was like picture perfect, dude. He's up on this cliff. Like you could see he was going to do one of those like over the cliff shots with his bow and his bulls <laughs> below him. And Gabe doesn't see him. He's on the phone with me. He's like, where's the bull? I'm like, dude, he's within 60 yards of you. What do you mean? And he's like, I, I watched the bull jump, like trying to get up on the cliff. Like he really wanted to come in and uh, he ended up not committing all the way. And that was the end of that. But you just couldn't see him. No, dude. Uh, he came in and when you're on the cliffs, like it was steep. kind of a ledge. Yeah. You got to peek over and he was just right into a spot where I couldn't see. So I drew my bow back and peeked over and he was already staring at me. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. that's one of the failed failed attempts at killing the big bull <laughs> yeah man so those clips where you guys hunt those are kind of crucial you got to use those yeah for sure yeah i mean we That's call cool. bulls in you know up on the top it's flat and then you know in the back it's all sagebrush there's zero timber back there and mm -hmm. uh you know, we call them in back. That's preferably where, where we want them to come from because we always have the wind in our favor up there and it's flat and you can really yeah. maneuver the sagebrush, but it just seemed like, you know, the bulls were on the opposite hillside. And when we would try and play it, like, you know, Hey man, you stay up on the cliffs. I'll go down in the Valley. You know, bulls would be in the back. Like we can never get it to work in our favor. <laughs> it's like, weird. It's weird. Out it was there. a blast, dude. I could have not tagged out and had the best season ever out there. It was like, daily we're knocking arrows yeah so mm -hmm. there's always opportunity and encounter so i think that's, that's what it's awesome. all about Sometimes that's all you can ask for oh 100%, yeah yeah where are you at in your elk hunting career chet like are you <clears throat> waiting for the herd bull to come in or are you happy with you know a good decent representation of the species or are you happy to shoot <laughs> whatever legal bull you can man this year i trained like a fiend all year so i was really in the mindset of like i'm gonna you know push it 100 percent and try to kill a good bull my mindset was different for colorado and wyoming okay so wyoming if i don't kill one in archery i get a whole month of rifle and we we're seeing such big bulls like I, I think one of the first couple nights out there you know we had some little five by fives and six by sixes that were respectable that i would have 1000 percent shot in colorado with no doubt in my mind and uh, Gabe's like, you know, no, man, like, hold off for a bigger bull. I was like, dude, it's like that out here? Like, okay. <laughs> so so, so I, I rolled with that mindset the entire time in Wyoming. I was like, you know, especially once you walk through Gabe, you know, you can attest to walking through Gabe's garage. I mean, the bulls in there oh, yeah. are giant. So, dude, they're dinosaurs. Yeah, they're dinosaurs. So I was like, I was like, you know, I want to shoot something like that because in all reality, unless I get luckier, some other things happen i probably won't be able to draw that tag for another you know five six years so i wanted to uh you know hold out for something good and it worked out but colorado man i started the season my mindset there is really different i like taking people out and just calling for them there i don't know what it is just getting up in the mountains and like 
I think the first week we put on almost 60 miles in five days, five full days of hunting. And we were really grinding it. And, uh, you know, anytime I could tell the other two guys that I was with were kind of getting, uh, you know, their hopes down or something, I'd take them to a hillside run either a grouse and dude, we'd fling some arrows and everybody's would be like, you know, they're back in the game, you know, you smoke them over the fire. And then the next day we'd, we'd be on some elk and it was like a reset for everybody. But in Colorado, to answer your question, truthfully, towards the end of the season, I'll shoot whatever to fill my, to fill the freezer. You know, I'm a meat hunter for sure. I'm not chasing horns by any means, but early on I was holding out for, uh, for a decent bull. Yeah. Horns are cool any, for sure. Yeah, any legal bull in Colorado is, is my thing, especially in the over-the-counter unit I hunt. We've been successful with four bulls and a cow the last five years, uh, and that's it's statistically one of the like top three worst units in Colorado. It's like less than three, two or three percent success rate. Yeah. But you know what deters people from the area we hunt is it's straight up and down. There's no there's there's no way around it. Yep. So you have to be willing to put the work in and we do, you know, I do that with a group of guys that are all over 50 years old. Uh, you know, one of them's in his thirties, but the rest are all 50 plus and, uh, they're, they're all prepared and it works out every year. So. That's huge. I get it from like a non-resident point of view, even though you're just down the road, like <laughs> yeah. I felt like that with the antelope trip this year. I'm like, man, especially when you're spending five or six points cashing in, that's five or six years, dude. Yeah, you like yeah you invest you wanna, time you want to put something down you know yep it's an hard investment to, for sure as a non-resident dude it's yeah every time you guys talk about putting in preference points this and that like gabe's like yeah i just walked into walmart and get five <laughs> for... <laughs> oh and yeah with after a, for me after a, a flight and a truck rental and the tag there's twelve hundred bucks or more right there, you and then know? your food, everything yeah. else you got to buy, unless yeah. Gabe's mom is making enchiladas for everybody, and then oh, yeah. come she on. can cook. <laughs> she can cook for sure, dude. It's always dude. a good time at the Martinez residence. I don't want to be in that camp forever. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. Yeah, that little U-Haul thing you guys did—that was a good idea. That's pretty cool, dude. So cheap, man. So yeah. cheap. I think it was like 90 bucks for the entire trip. You got four so you walls. You're that. off the ground. That's nice. You know yeah, how the wind went. Wind. Yep, exactly. That was yeah, clutch. Here. Tell them about your elk hunt, Chet. Yeah, dude, I don't <sighs> want to oh, hear man. it. Yeah, so September ends, and I can't tell you how many bulls we drew back on in September, but it was like, it's all good, man. Like, Gabe's like, don't get your hopes down, man. Now, He's like, think about it. Every bull that you drew back on with a bow would be dead with your rifle. And I was like, yeah, that's true. And day one in October, we're out there. And uh, there was this, it's not technically landlocked because you can get to it from Colorado, but found this little, got a phone call. We heard of a group of, a herd of elk on our buddy's property that was beside where we were at. And uh, yep. went over there to our buddy Colton's and, uh, you know, they were gracious enough to give us a call and be like, Hey man, bring your boys out. Let's, they're, they're big antelope killers that, uh, I don't think they really elk hunt out there too much, but the herd that kind of stays where we hunt had migrated kind of over off this HMA into the bordering property. And, uh, we get over there and, uh, Gabe's buddy Caesar was with us as well. So it was me and him with tags and, uh, we, we get down up on this perch and, looking over and we're i think we we're about 500 plus yards away at one point glassing them and we could see like two cows and a nice bull and uh you know we thought it was a big a big five point so we get up on the cliff and gabe's buddy caesar's like i'll shoot whatever i'm like well dude i'll i'll call spot for you so i get behind my gun i zoom all the way in and i was like all right man send it whenever you're ready and uh he shoots this five the five by five stands up and he shoots and he's, I think he missed the first shot. And then the next three shots, he just like, you hear schwack, schwack, schwack. And uh, this bull's like on all fours and it's like wobbling, but because of where we were positioned, even though we don't, we, we weren't uh, running cans on our guns, 
they could not tell based off the echo where we were at. And like uh, four or five cows stand up and his bull is over top of one of the cows, like about to die basically. And the bull that I had no clue was there that I ended up shooting stands up. And it, I wish someone videoed it because it was like out of like an Eastman's video, dude. He was bull. like hidden from you or something? Yeah, we couldn't see him because it was like a ravine. So what we thought was three elk ended up being a, a head of like maybe 30 or 40 elk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you could only see three. That's how tall the sage is there for reference. And two, uh-huh. like they, they blend in very good. And uh, he stands up and I hear Gabe. And so it, we're on a rock and Gabe and two or three of his other buddies were behind on spotting scopes, kind of just giving us ranges and, uh, you know, walking us in on the elk. And uh, all I hear is Gabe yell, Chet, there's a monster. You better shoot it. And I was like, what? And I look up and I didn't even shoot yet, but I, I watched this elk get up and run full speed into the bull that uh, his buddy Caesar killed. And he gored that elk, dude. He picked it up and like the back end of his bull that he oh shot was God. in the air and his antlers were inside of him. And I was like, oh my God, are y'all watching this? And Gabe was like, dude, shoot. And I was like, all right. So <laughs> then, I, like, I, yeah, then I snap out of like, watching it and i you know i sent the first round and i don't i'm pretty sure just based off of what happened and i say this jokingly when we were driving out there gabe they were you know messing with me because i was shooting um i have a sig cross beautiful scope on it and it's a six five creedmoor so gabe calls it the six five need more and uh you know they're busting my balls and stuff i was like all right man i was like just remember you know i shoot elk in the hoof so they can't run and i don't ruin any meat and uh, just joking, obviously. And we get out there, and I'll be damned, dude, if I don't send this round at, like, 500 yards. And my first shot, he, like, was still going after that elk. So he's moving around as I'm shooting. And I hear a, a schwack, and I hear them say hit. And it went through the back left leg and through the front left leg below the knuckle and snapped this bull's legs. And no way. I was yeah. like, you know, I didn't know that when I was up there at first but when i walked up to the bull you know he had two broken legs from one bullet and uh i ended up shooting i think i hit him two more times you know he was still standing i hit him two more times and he walked down like 10 15 yards and uh, we walked up on him and they were down and uh walked up to his buddy caesar's bull first because we didn't know if it was alive or not still walked up to it and it had more than five points it was a freaking eight by six and uh (laughs) We had no clue. And I, dude, I just like hugged him. I'm like, dude, we just freaking doubled up on dinosaurs and walked over to my bull. And like, I look up in the, in the, uh, on top of the little hill and here comes Gabe and three other dudes like running up to us and they run up to the bull and they're like, dude, you just killed a freaking monster. (laughs) Is he a good one? Yeah. Yeah, So he's a, he's a really mature six by six. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know, man. It was amazing. It huge in the pictures. They just have no gauge, uh, you know. He was, they all, dude. They all look good to me. The pictures, me, I, I know, I, I know, like, sometimes people take pictures with bulls, and it's like, okay, like, maybe they're standing the five up. feet behind it, or, like, the angle of it makes them look huge. No, dude, like, I don't care if it's my bull or not. That thing was giant. <laughs> <laughs> and When uh, I tell you, dude. My adrenaline was going probably more than his when that bull stood up. Like <laughs> instantly, I was like, "Shoot, shoot!" <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. It was good, and like, you know, we we started working on him, and uh, it took like five or six times. Like, we're cutting up this elk, and Gabe's like, "Are you sure you want to yurim mount this?" And then like, everybody there is like, "Dude, you're an idiot! Don't yurim mount this." I made two or three phone calls. I called my dad. You know, I Facetimed him, and. He was pumped up and FaceTime some buddies. And then I call Bubba and Bubba's like, he's like, oh, dude, that's freaking sick. He's like, you getting it shoulder mounted? And I was like, <laughs> so That was after we already gutted him all the way up to his neck. Yeah, no. we got him all the way to the neck, dude. We take that's him to the processor. We take him to the processor and the lady there, we walk in and she's like, uh, she's like, looks at the body of him, go back in her office and she has this whiteboard and it has – I think it says like record hanging weight for elk or something in the last couple of years. It was like 429 pounds or 430 pounds. 
And uh, she's like, she's like, you think your bull's going to beat that? And for reference, hanging weight is when there's no guts and no fur, you know, no skin on it. They take the hide off and it's just meat and, uh, you know, on the quarter still. So on the bone. And uh, I was like, no, I was like, you know, I've, we've killed a couple bulls in Colorado. And it's like, you know, usually they're on the bone. They're like 300 ish, you know, typically. And you get uh, about 50% of the meat off of the bones is usually the, the um, equation for that 50 to 60%. And uh, so I was like, no, I don't think. And she's like, well, I'll give you a call later and let you know, you know what it weighs. Cause we're not going to do your bull first right now. And I was like, that's fine. And then they start busting my balls. The butcher's like, you're getting this euro mounted. And I was like, you know what? No, I was like, all right. And you're the, even you're they the were butcher. like, this yeah. And I was like, Oh, you're the butcher, man. Do you think they can salvage this? Because we, we did split it all the way up the neck, but the back was fine. Cause we flipped it over the, actually we didn't even skin that far up. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, they can just suture it up. And I was like, okay. He's like, screw it. I'm guessing I'm getting a shoulder mount. So I ended up at the at the taxidermist and they're like, yeah, man, it's like 15 extra bucks to throw a couple extra uh, sutures where you had it. And I was like, they're like, it's totally fine. You'll never even notice it. No he way. Was like, he was like, your guys' cut was straight enough and not jagged or anything that it was an easy fix. And it'll be done by April or May. So I'm pumped for that. But that's incredible. The lady, the lady like sends me a text message at the butcher and is like, we had to uh, just want to let you know your bull's hanging. And then we had to cut, she said like a foot or foot and a half of the neck off. You know, that's meat there uh, because I did uh, put him down. I shot him to the neck one time. Uh, so there was just some bloodshot meat up there. So like, yeah, you know, we cut it off. It's no biggie. But just to let you know, after we cut that off, your bull weighed 415 pounds on the scale. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, one, with that neck meat still on there, I, I could have broken it you know, that little record or whatever, not that I cared, but, uh, I was like, damn, that's, that was a giant bull. His body was massive, dude. That's incredible. I got a a ton of meat from him. I had to give away a lot of meat uh, that I already had in my freezer to some friends and family just to fit that elk. So my chest freezer is like good. I have one chest freezer and it's completely full with just ground. And then my freezer in my house that i used for like shopping stuff i had to throw everything frozen out and i have nothing in there but elk steak and elk sausage what a great problem to have as it should be yeah i wasn't mad <laughs> yeah golly that's freaking awesome why do you think he was goring that other bull they're was still he rotten. Sh- you saw they were still rotten. i don't even like know he if was- he knew that he was wounded but I think it was the way he was running up to the cows that were bedded still. I think yeah. that was the herd bull that I shot. And I think he was a little angry that he was like going over to his cows and didn't realize he was like shot or something. And yeah, uh, yeah I think that elk also had a bunch of adrenaline in him and started goring them. But there were also what gave two or three other big bulls in that herd. Yeah, there were two a little bit smaller than the one I shot, which I felt bad because after Caesar shot that, <laughs> Bull, he could have shot one of them bigger ones, but shit, that's how it goes, man. You never know what's going to happen in the field. Yeah. Well, I mean, eight by six, dude, is like probably that's like a once in a lifetime bull, really. He was tickled pink with that bull. Yeah. That's so cool. I, uh, I have, I pulled up my game and fish login while you guys were talking. <clears throat> Check my preference points because I'm all fired up. How many do you up. have? I got six. Oh. For elk? Yeah. Oh, you're Dang, drawing dude. this year then. Is it time to go think yes. about it? No, not yeah. think about it. There's no thinking. You send it. <laughs> All right. That's the thing. I'm That's in. the thing with Wyoming every year is like, it's not Colorado where you, if you, if you put in for a unit that's like two points and you have six, it's burning all six. Wyoming general, you throw in no matter what, even if you have zero points and you still have a 25% chance of drawing in that random. Now, granted, with six points, you're going to draw. I think that's a, that's a 100% draw, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like, you oh, don't so even need to buy the that special. Yeah, just put in for the normal general, and then uh, you should draw. And if you don't, you just get a point. So it's not like you're losing anything. That's hey, why I don't, hey, quite understand, I don't quite understand why people just buy a point and don't put in up there. 
Unless yeah, you're saving for like a, a trophy unit, which I'm not doing. Right. So. right. I'm actually going on my first elk hunt next month in Colorado with uh, Luke and Garrett. Nice. And John Ritter and Cole. They nice. Doing a, doing a drop camp. Somebody bowed out and I got the invite and I was like, sure, I'm in. This nice, yeah. Good. So and Luke, yeah, a lot Luke of was talking about uh, showing up with a camera and coming to film for y'all. So I was like, yeah, maybe, It'd be fun. Yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll come. Yeah. I'll come glass for you. Because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> what uh, you know, talking about like first time for elk and that kind of stuff. What um, what are some favorite pieces of gear that you guys like when it comes to elk hunting, like? have to have like you know boots or caliber of rifle or anything like that for me the main thing for the country i hunting is a pair of leg gaiters because when we walk in that bus it'll tear your pants up not only because of rattlesnakes but it'll just yeah it'll tear your pants up and uh shit boots i go from i have some non-insulated crispies and then once it gets colder i transition to my insulated crispies so I never like having cold feet, and then I hate having hot feet when I'm hiking around. Yeah. And for a caliber, I like shooting a 300 drum just because I know I can reach out and touch something that's very far, and I know it's going to knock them on their ass if I hit them in the right spot. Do you shoot everything with that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I use a for shit. No, I actually shoot my bow for everything, but <laughs> for but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but years past. I mean, we we went from different grains of ammunition. So I shoot 150 grain, which is super freaking fast out of that rifle. I use that for deer and antelope, and then pretty much the same for elk. But I haven't used my gun on an elk in like three or four years, I think. So it's a good problem. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you Ideally, you don't want to have to use a gun on the elk. Period. Want to use that bow. What about you, Chet? I think, like Gabe said, it depends on where I'm hunting, for one. So, primarily, even though I did drive Wyoming this year, primarily I'm hunting backcountry. So, I prefer to be as lightweight as possible. I got it really dialed in this year. I think I made it seven days in my pack going up the mountain with seven days a gear was sub 40 pounds. That was without... That was without my bow. So maybe a little bit over 40 with my bow and some water, but all my pieces of gear, I got it really dialed in. So what I do is I I use the peak refuel meals, but I take them out of their package and I vacuum seal them to give me more space. And I uh, put everything in a stuff sack. I like to be super organized in my pack. So when I get up to camp, I just dump everything out. Each of my stuff sacks are different colors. So I know which is what is in each of them. I'll start tossing stuff aside throw up my tent and uh what i got everybody hooked on this year and i've been like preaching this thing even to my friends that just go camping and don't hunt is the um man what is it it's the Thermarest nemo air it's a uh sleeping bag liner and it's the um extreme version so on paper it says it adds like 15 to 20 degrees of heat okay it comes in the mail, dude, and it's like this big. It's really small. It's lightweight, and you pull it out, and it's as thin as a piece of paper, and you're like, there's no absolutely zero way this thing can give you 20 degrees of heat. That thing gives you 20 degrees of heat. It's snowing outside, and I sleep in just my underwear, and everybody else is like wearing their hunting gear in their bag for the next day, which I find to be not conducive to the environment because then it kind of skips it smells and stuff, you know, naturally. So I like to hang my stuff out and let it, you know, smell like where I'm hunting. And then I just sleep in my sleeping bag. I'm super warm. And I got everybody convinced them all to buy one this year. And everybody would come out of their tent every morning. They're like, that was the best purchase that we ever made. Yeah. So I think that's probably my favorite piece of like non like hunting gear in my bag for sure. But yeah, I, uh, I bought the same thing for Montana deer hunt last November. And I think it saved my life because it was like negative 12. And yeah, that you was a sleep cold. It makes your hunting miserable the next day. You know, you're not a, 
I think the key to to killing the animals, especially up in the backcountry, is being at a hundred percent every day and then like sleep sleeps like you need sleep so i don't care what anybody says it's it's where you heal and where you get the rest your body you know after a long day of work so you want to wake up the next day with fuel already in your body for sure that's awesome i'll tell you one piece of gear i'm never gonna forget is chapstick (laughs) (laughs) see now i wish luke was here Dude, dude, remember we're hiking and that wind hits my face and my, my lips just get chapped instantly and it dude, sucks. I don't know what it is. I just recovered. I've been home for over a week and I feel like my lips just recovered. I've been I've been like put wiping my face in Vaseline since I got back. <laughs> I can't relate, dude. I never used I think this year I put chapstick on one time up there because uh, my call was getting cold. We we're using these reed calls and it was getting sticky. So like I'll put chapstick on it should make me you know my lips glide over the diaphragm a little bit better and it worked but dude I never use chapstick ever like I don't even own chapstick I'm getting weak in my old age big chapstick guy now Gabe, me Gabe's too. like coating his lips the bulls are bugling he's like you got chapstick I'm like dude <laughs> focus like, are you, like yeah what, are you kidding me <laughs> come on man I got to be a hundred percent I'm over there chuckling my ass yeah. off trying to get you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah it was funny. a successful season for sure though that's incredible yeah. yeah i'm stoked for you guys man that was freaking awesome got us excited it's hard yeah, to it believe like, there was We're no probably, i yeah. think there was what over a dozen bulls off there close yeah. to it well now i think i've helped get seven bulls now so far this year yeah yeah this year we just killed one the other day like i was talking about earlier my buddy hunter killed his second elk ever and uh yeah my dad killed a bull that he doubled up with my nephew same day i took luke out for his deer hunt that was cool for luke to see yeah it's been been a good year we got enough meat for a while now so for the navy dude goes down we're ready for whatever yeah, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, I think what, uh, it was like uh, a lot of teamwork played into that up there. It was like, I don't think anybody that hunted on the property this year was like selfish by any means. It was like we were all hoping each other would kill a bull before ourselves. And it's just like yeah. whoever's turn it was or whoever the opportunity presented itself where we were at was just like, dude, I hope you go kill that bull. You know, there was never any like, hey, let rock, paper, scissors shoot. It was like, no, dude, like, go, go kill that bull. And I think that's what probably helped us the most all tag out. Yeah, I think the best part about this season was watching Chet kill his very first elk, which I love watching that happen. And then my nephew killing his very first elk. So it's always cool to see that kind of stuff because Chet's face was just, he was lit up. He was <laughs> tight. Especially yeah, to kill a bull like that, your very first, your very first elk, especially in Wyoming, I just, I just couldn't stop thanking God for that because that's what yeah. we pray for, stuff like that. Yep. It was ideal for sure. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so awesome. Yeah. What, uh, you know, we're rolling up on an hour here, guys, but what have been your, especially you, Chet, you must have a game plan here for all that meat you got. What's been your go to, what's your go to elk meal, man? man. I've been doing, I've been searing a lot of backstrap recently, steaks. I'm on a roll right now. I think the past month, almost over a month now, I've eaten elk five plus times a week as my main meal. And I've noticed like incredible improvements in my performance. Uh, like I've been running a ton lately, uh, working out. I'm working out two days a week or two times a day, almost every day. Uh, if you're counting running and lifting together. And uh, I, I'm not tired the next day. I'm not sore anymore. Like, I don't know what it is, man. I, <laughs> wild game. It has different qualities than like your processed BS meats from the store. It's organic. Yeah. 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 You're probably right, dude. Yeah. Yep. What about you, Gabe? What's your go-to? Um, I go-to, I eat a lot of steak, like Chet said, but my favorite thing is probably we make elk green chili. We'll mix in a little bit of pork with it. 
Oh man, make some smaller burritos with that elk green chili. I guess it's just a Mexican thing. <laughs> but so good. my dad freaking makes the best batch of it. Yeah. It's real good. Yeah, for sure. That sounds incredible. Well, big shout out to your family, dude, for uh having us down and letting us meet the whole Martinez crew after we tagged out on Antelope. It was awesome to come boil skulls out of the out of the wind and hang out with you guys and have a couple beers and yep yeah dude anytime anytime that's what this whole team's about man it's just getting to know people and having a good time with each other and you're you guys are always welcome at my house whenever yeah we definitely felt that man felt it felt like home it was nice it was really nice that's awesome well absolutely stoked for y'all's success man are you kind of bummed that you uh are out of tags gabe except for your I even though I'm out of tags, dude. I've been going out every weekend, so we still have three more elk to kill. So I've been at it since Friday, Friday, Saturday, and today. We went out this morning. Haven't seen any elk in a couple days, though, which is fine. They'll move back in, but we're still going hard at it. I probably gutted more animals this year than I should (laughs) have. But. That's awesome. I love how much you like to help other people get theirs. It's awesome. Yeah, dude. You only it, this this only comes once a year, so yeah. you got to make the most of it because you never know. It could be your last season. Yeah, yep. we can be tired later. Yeah, yeah. You got three hundred plus days to recover. That's why I always tell everybody. They're like, yep. you know, moaning and groaning on the mountain. I'm like, hey, man, you have eleven months to recover before you're back up here. It's like, you know, yep. you put all this work in all year for one week. I was like, it's a lot of investment for a little bit of time. I was like, you got to you know, max out your effort. And then, yep. you know, you can suck it up and lay on the couch for a couple of days and then it's back to back to the grind for the next season. Like yeah, I, well said. I like saying like failure knocks on the door with unprepared often. You know, if you're not prepared and you're not putting in the work, then, you know, you're more likely to fail than someone who's out there putting in the miles and trying – trying to get it done yep hell yeah what, you what you got left i have a eastern plains colorado mule deer tag uh with my buddy aj out here and uh it's a unit it's in unit 104 105 106 so it's all private land there's no public land luckily uh a friend that i work with one of her family members farms out there and has like 700 acres so uh we have a really nice farm that we're hunting on right now and we're we've seen deer every single day out there hung some cameras yesterday and hunted and uh it's looking like it's going to be a a pretty good hunt out there so i'm hoping i kill a a freaking giant muley this year too i'd be like stoked but (laughs) i'm already like thinking like where am i gonna put meat because i don't have another freezer so (laughs) I bet I bet you could pay rent to Gabe for part of his freezers, man. <laughs> his freezers are packed too, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I need to figure that out before you kill that thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, I appreciate it, guys. If uh, you know, if people wanted to go see these thumpers that y'all are putting on the ground, Chet, where can people find you on uh, Instagram? On Instagram, you can go to Chet underscore Outdoors. Uh, that's my IG. And then on Facebook, you can go to Churchetti Outdoors. And that link is also in my Instagram bio. It'll take you over to – I have, like, a little blog on Facebook. And uh should have an article out actually coming soon on my elk hunt. With, uh, I got hit up by the main editor of Eastman's. Uh, oh, hell so yeah. I'm going to try and get into the Eastman's magazine on that elk, on that elk hunt. That's incredible, man. That's awesome. Congrats. Thanks. And what about you, Gabe? Where can people see every animal that you put down? Uh, I mostly post on Instagram. So my handle is underscore 307 Gabe underscore. My man. Yeah, all my I know. Go check it out. Heck yeah. Yep. Well, I appreciate it, fellas. Um, and, you know, like you said, Gabe, this is a good testament to kind of what this team is and, you know, bringing us all together like this is pretty phenomenal now y'all are fast buddies and gabe you and i've been buddies for two years now and we finally met in person for the first time last yeah, week and yeah, uh that's because you that's, finally stepped foot in the best division in hunt lift beat 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I got the bug, dude. I'm not. I'm not knocking it at all. Um, not knocking it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. Thankful to know you guys. And, uh, you know, listeners, uh, team applications are open. If this is something you're inter- interested about joining, check it out. Shoot one of these guys a message or yeah. shoot myself a message if you got questions. Um, applications are open, so we hope to see you there. Join yeah. the Mountain Division. <laughs> <laughs> no matter I'm killed with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, as always, appreciate the hell of you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. I'm-